Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card, issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash startalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash startalk today. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. And this is Playing Playing With Science. Science. Today we delve into the amazing world of martial arts and guarantee by the end of this show you'll possess the skills of a ninja. Okay, we may have to retract that last statement. You think? (laughs) A judo, a chop, chop, chop. (laughs) Okay, put it this way. You may possess the skills of a ninja. You may not. How's that? Better? Yeah, that's better. That's a lot better. You know what I mean? That was a great disclaimer, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm going with you're going to be a ninja, a kick-ass ninja. And teaching us to fight like a physicist will be Jason Falcon, author of... Oh, fuck. Shit. Let me do it again. Yeah. And teaching us to fight like a physicist is Jason Falcon, author of... You guessed it. Fight like a physicist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And also on the show is our good friend from Lynchburg College, Virginia, Professor Eric Goff, author of Gold Medal Physics, and whose new book is coming out in 2018, and it's called The Science Behind Krav Maga, the Israeli military fighting technique. Yeah, so once again, two perfect guests for playing with science. That's right. Okay. I love this. I love this show, man. I uh, see martial arts for me. Did you, you go much further than kung fu? Everybody knows karate, right. or they know of karate, and then mm. there's judo, jujitsu, and taekwondo, and all these different things that come together. And you're thinking the the mad kids in the class they're going there because they want to beat people up, and then there's these other guys who're going there. I'm fed up being beaten up. Right. I'm going to go and learn martial arts. Exactly. So it's it's and then. The pop culture explodes, and you look no further than Bruce Lee. Himself entering the dragon. Oh man, fists of fury. And he, um, however long they were made ago, you still watch them and go, 
Wow. As a matter of fact, the cool thing is uh, I found this video online. You want to tell us publicly about this? Yeah. (laughs) And I got to tell you, it's this great video of um, they're talking about whether or not Bruce Lee would be a great MMA fighter. And uh, we should take a listen to it. Just take a listen to this. It's a guy just narrating. And as he's narrating, you need to just kind of... um, Kind of imagine Bruce Lee very, very, very quickly with his hands doing movements like these incredible movements that you can barely see. That's how fast his hands are going. Take a listen. Bruce Lee's style of Jeet Kune Do is known as the way of the intercepting fist. And if we reference a line from his Tao of Jeet Kune Do, quote, the counterattack calls for the greatest skill, the most perfect planning and the most delicate execution of all fighting techniques. It is the greatest art in fighting, the art of the champion. Understanding this makes better sense of what he's doing. Throughout the sparring, he essentially feels his opponent's rhythm, and when he feels or sees breaks in his opponent's rhythm, with his lead leg or lead hand, he counters his opponent amidst their attack. He leads with his right hand and right leg, taking the stance from fencing philosophy. It almost looks like Bruce is holding an EP or fencing sword in the way he holds his right hand out. If you also notice, Bruce's stance is very balanced, not all the weight on his lead nor all the weight on the back leg, allowing him to move in and out very efficiently. His training was different, the same way a boxer's training is different from a mixed martial artist. And so when you see him doing two finger push-ups, he's not doing that just for show. He's doing it because it allows him to more efficiently rip your throat from your neck, eliminate your eyes, exploit vulnerable areas of your body. And if he misses and say hits your skull, minimizes injury, but considering the speed, precision, and his towel of striking as you come in, he probably will not miss. So that leads to another question. What if Bruce did compete in MMA? The cool thing is, like, you know, this Jeet Kune Do is, mm. you know, his style. He kind of, like, perfected and, um, you know, uh, he, 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 he kind of augmented this style to create his own kind of martial arts. So, But it's never, it, gets, it, it gives me the feeling martial arts is ever-evolving. And we'll probably get into this with the good professor, yeah. Eric Goff. Yes. Um, but, I mean... Bruce Lee was a student of Ip Man, mm-hmm. and if you've ever seen the movie Ip Man, and there's an Ip, Ip Man Two and everything else, it's right. uh, you know go check it out. So Ip Man a... was a real man. Uh huh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So um, there was the there was the movie with Jason Lee, Bruce Lee's son. Yes. Um, and I think I remember one scene. There is a black and white photograph in a frame on a desk with Ip Man and Bruce Lee. And wow. it was just kind of like a homage to yeah. the past and where Bruce had come from himself. So, and, and and his lineage goes down even further because then Bruce trained somebody who trained somebody who's now Conor McGregor's trainer, you yeah. know. And so it's funny. and But they all kind of change things to their own needs and liking. And then one of Bruce Lee's students... Was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Absolutely. I mean, how Who we had on the show, and yeah, he talked about that. How amazing! Bruce Lee, this this fat-free little guy mm-hmm. with unbelievable speed, has a seven-foot-two basketball star, and mm-hmm. he's still the all-time point scorer, <laughs> record holder in the NBA. So, it really is just a, a, a an interesting sport. So, let's welcome our first guest, Jason Thalcon. Thanks for joining us, Jason. How are you? 
I'm doing good. Yourself? Uh, we are fabulous. Thank Absolutely. you for asking. So, for those of you who are not familiar with Jason Thalcon, he has a PhD in physics, has studied and competed in eight martial arts. I won't mention how long, just because it might offend him, and I don't <laughs> want to offend a guy who's got that much talent right. in his hands. But he does have a black belt in Hapkido. Hapkido? Yes, and he also has a book to his name. He is the author of Fight Like a Physicist. Of course. And the incredible science behind martial arts. Jason, welcome to Playing With Science. <laughs> Have I left anything Thank out? Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So I got to know, man. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really ignorant here. This is the first time in my life I have ever mm -hmm. heard of Hapkido. What ah. is Hapkido? So Hapkido is a Korean martial art, which uh, um, it... it it's a, it came from a the Japanese jiu-jitsu. Okay. All right. So so you know Korea's got taekwondo which which largely stemmed from uh, Japanese karate and, and hapkido which largely stemmed from from jiu-jitsu. Let's address the obvious point here. Do mm -hmm. physicists have an advantage when it comes to martial arts because of their scientific background and the way that they approach things and the understanding of physics? I would say absolutely. But, but you know, the, the difference is, you know, you might think that the advantage happens like in real time in the fight, but, but really the advantage comes to what you think about when you train. You know how you train stuff like that, and and that's sort of the mindset I try to get at in the book is, you know, try to approach your training um, like like you're a scientist. So when you're approaching your training like a scientist, um, mm -hmm. is it a matter of uh, knowing the principles of physics behind what you're doing? Is it a matter of breaking down your regimen in such a way where uh, you're using or you're looking at it like it's a scientific discipline? Uh, is it applying the laws of physics themselves in individual cases? How, how exactly are you approaching the fighting or the training as a scientist. So some of it, some of it is stuff like understanding a law of physics here and there. Um, so the, if if you understand uh, something like your center of gravity, it'll help you out so much when it comes to takedowns. Um, that, that, that's a simple explanation. So your your center of gravity is about, yeah, let's say like an inch and a half, two inches below your belly button. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and. You can think of that as, as sort of your center point. That's where you would balance uh -huh. uh, no matter what orientation you're in. So if someone pushes you above your center of gravity, you'll lean back. Uh -huh. If they push you below your center of gravity, you'll flop forward. Gotcha. Um, and so any takedown, uh, whether it's a, you know, a sweep or a takedown or a tackle or, or even just a push or a throw, it all comes down to moving that center of gravity away from the supports that you have, which is your, usually it's your two feet if we're talking about yeah. fighting from a standing mm -hmm. position. Okay. So the only things you need to consider are what's going on with that center of gravity and where are the supports and why can they not get back under that center of gravity before it hits the ground. That basic understanding of that principle will get you through your training a lot easier. So now instead of having to memorize, oh, I have to do this specific sweep in this specific way, you understand 
why that technique is the way it is. You know, you understand because in a, you know, in a fight, in in a tournament, in a competition, nothing turns out the way you planned it to. You know, nothing's a, you know, as perfect as you practiced it. Right. Um, but if you understand why the technique is the way it is, then you'll know what to do when it's not perfect. You know. All right. We we'll talk about takedowns and. Uh, center of gravities and axis and all the rest of it but let's let's sort of move on to another subject um punches yeah so, so punches are actually really interesting thing first thing that a lot of people look at when they look at a punch is like oh you know like how much force was behind your punch and it's not even it's not even that there's something really weird about punches because if, if you look at the total force of a punch um mm -hmm. It's not, it's not that big. So if, if you wanted to look at the total force of a push, like if I just pushed you, way more than a punch. So are more. you are you saying it's better to get a push in than a punch in? Well, it all comes down to what are you trying to do? What are you yes. trying to accomplish with this punch? So there, there's, there's really two sort of extremes you can put into a punch and one is try and put as much of your body weight as possible behind it try to um, use as much of your muscles as you can once contact has been made to get as much push and that's that will knock your opponent back it can force the wind out of your opponent um, if you've actually hit uh, the head uh, far away from the center of rotation you can get the head rotating and, and maybe get a, a KO, um, but that's one thing you can do with a punch. But another is you can try and cause pain, you can try and cause you know localized tissue damage, something like that. And in that case, um, really what you need to do instead of trying to just get a lot of push out of your punch is try and get a whole lot of, uh, let's say, snap into it. Is there a different technique to punching? Because the when you talk about punching, you immediately think of boxing, classic boxing, right, in the ring. Yeah. As opposed to the way in any of your eight martial arts you are taught differently in terms of punching as a technique. Yeah, so there's actually lots of different ways to punch. And uh, so some, some take a little more um, uh, of one of those sides. So traditional boxing punches... Uh, tend to go a little more along the throw your weight into it side mm -hmm. uh, and and the reason for that is is we actually have boxing gloves and that does two things it slows down the arm speed by um i, I tested it myself and on myself it slowed down my arm speed about 30 percent wow um so that's you know if you're just throwing punches with your own hand um that's how much slower it goes um but the the other piece of that is boxing gloves actually absorb uh, the energy of impact, uh, which is local to the area that you're hitting. So, if you hit someone with boxing glove, yep, um, it will do less localized structural damage. So you're not going to cause as much bruising. You're not going to break as many bones. You're right. Not yeah. Cause I mean, it's cut. it's there. It's there to kind of protect you from being beat to death. <laughs> you know the gloves, right? Well, well, no. It's there to protect uh, the hands from broken bones and the face from superficial injuries. But the types of 
injuries that would actually kill you, um, it does not protect against. Oh, okay. Ooh. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. That's um. By the way, Jason, uh, that's why I don't mm. box. There you go. <laughs> what happens, Jason? If, yeah. If if I punch from say a central position in my chest and punch forward mm-hmm. using my elbow as it is as a hinge like yeah uh, a or traditional jab yeah or do when i rotate and i've just hit the mic that's the sound engineer hates me now um if i rotate as i punch what sort of difference what are, am i increasing or decreasing force while i while i throw that punch and rotate yeah, so, so there's actually, uh, it, it's really interesting if you look at all the debates over different techniques and stuff, um, the, the style of punching where you're sort of punching from your shoulder and rotating your whole body into the punch mm-hmm. uh, is something that is um, relatively modern uh, and, and I believe is, is associated more with, with uh, boxing gloves than anything else. So, mm-hmm. so we've got boxing gloves that can protect the hands. So all of a sudden, you can put way more force behind your punches in, than you could before without you know destroying your own fists. So now we start putting our whole body weight behind it as we punch. But if you go back, like um, I think if you read Jack Dempsey's book, all right. uh, the, the, the name is, of the book escapes me. I'm sorry. But um, he, he actually trained um you know or or learned before a lot of that came to be developed and he he actually recommends a quick straight left punch with a vertical fist that's uh you know much more like what you were just describing yeah nobody fights like that anymore that's like you know that's like old-timey boxing <laughs> yeah, yeah you, but in order to fight like that you have to have a handlebar mustache that's uh, no, but it obviously has an effective reason for, oh, yeah. for being used but what i'm saying is i think the gear has a, a lot of sway into how that style changed over time uh-huh. there's there's other styles um that that had the same sorts of punches before so mm-hmm. um traditional kung fu and wing chun both have that from the center uh vertical fist uh punch mm-hmm. yes um but you know other styles um and it's it's tough because you know, Western boxing did have a, a strong influence. Listen, we got to take a break, right, Gary? We do. And uh, Chuck's thinking about who he wants to knock out first. Let He's going to draw up a list during I'm, the break. I am putting that list together right now. Going to do a whole lot of flicking and rotating, and yeah, well, at least thinking about it. I'm All not, right. Who am I kidding? I'm not hitting anybody. No, he's not. Right, we're going to take that break. Jason Thelkin, fabulous to have him on, and don't forget, author of Fight Like a Physicist. Yes, please go check that book out. It is splendid. Covers an awful lot of subject matter. We are going to take a break, and when we come back, our good friend Professor Eric Goff from Lynchburg College in Virginia will be our next expert on martial arts. Stick around. We'll be back shortly. Working moms have way too many to-dos. Switch to H&R Block and have an expert do your taxes for you. Block guarantees 100% accuracy and your max refund or your money back. And with their no surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even meet with a tax pro in a Block office 
or online from home. So take a breath, moms. This tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome back. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. And this, of course, is still Playing, Playing with, with science. science. Yesterday, we are talking martial arts and the physics therein. And joining us now is our very good friend, Professor Eric Goff, Professor of Physics at Lynchburg College, Virginia, author of Gold Medal Physics, The Science of Sports, and not just a man with a plan, but a man with a book coming out next year, that'll be 2018, The Science Behind Krav Maga, which, if I'm not mistaken, Professor, is the hand-to-hand martial arts of the Israeli military, is it not? That's right. Uh, the Israeli Defense Forces employ this, um, and it's becoming a much more popular sport here in the U.S. You're seeing a lot of billboards going up for Krav Maga instruction these days. Well, what is it? I mean, it sounds like I got to tell you, if when when you when you talk about the martial arts, you got some cool names out there. Okay, you got your judo. All right, your aikido. Your your aikido. Okay, that sounds cool. Your jujitsu, which sounds very dangerous. Even karate, which is like, oh, I know what I'm getting into. But then you say krav maga, and it sounds like you, you're going to think you're thinking it's food again, aren't you? Yeah, I'm like krav maga. Mmm, delicious. Ah, you know what? I had the best krav maga the other night. I got to tell you. <laughs> It was unbelievable. I'm telling you, the outside was crispy. The inside was tender. It was the best Krav Maga I've ever had. My stomach's already rumbling. <laughs> Behave yourself. All right, so what is Krav Maga? Firstly, but Professor, I welcome back to Playing With Science. Um, <laughs> and please back. put this man in his place. Thank you. Well, well, if, if Chuck had had good Krav Maga the other night, his face would look a lot different. I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Professor. Way School's to go. in. Way to go. Nicely done. <laughs> My friend. So, is it is it kicks, flicks, all the sort of flashy stuff, or is this more hand to hand? Let's sort of like end up wrestling, or is it a combination of a lot of different martial arts? Is it eye gouging and and like rip your throat out stuff? 
Uh, it, it's got some of that in there. Um, I'm, I, I've studied karate myself. I'm a first-degree black belt, and I, I really enjoy karate, It's but it, it has a lot of elegant katas and movements. But Krav Maga is a much more uh, realistic fighting system. So uh, I, I think I'd, I'd be more comfortable knowing a little bit more Krav Maga than karate if I were on a, a dark sidewalk somewhere and had to, had to fight somebody. Yes. I'm, gu- I'm guessing that the good professor never has an issue with pupils yeah <laughs> gotta, he's in a lecture yeah, i gotta tell you i'm sure there's a great deal of discipline in the professor's yeah. class so so krav maga is uh basically a, a street fighting style then huh or, or uh, it or it is i mean you, you've got some aikido in there you've got some boxing wrestling uh some karate i mean you've got an amalgam of, of all kinds of different systems and it, it's an ever-evolving system it, it employs whatever works well and it changes techniques as uh, new ways to perform them come along. If we looked at it from a point of view of physics, what would be the best way to do exactly what Chuck's just said, neutralize the opponent in super quick time? So typically somebody might be swinging a punch, uh, they could have a knife, Uh, we practice gun to the head, we practice all kinds of different scenarios, and the idea is to get out of a danger zone very quickly so get the gun away from your head get the knife away from you Uh, and sometimes all it takes is a simple deflection or a parry and you move in close you this is close quarters fighting Mm -hmm. so you want to get into the opponent's space um, administer defensive tactics very quickly uh, combatives very quickly and then hopefully be able to evacuate the danger zone without continuing the the attack. Mm. So from a physics standpoint, what is the most powerful human action that you can take against an opponent? The, uh, from a physics standpoint, where can you apply the most force to create a striking blow that will render your opponent um, uh, neutralized? Yeah, good question. Well, sometimes the best thing you can do is just get out of the way. Uh, I mean, if somebody's charging you and you, or coming at you with a you know a knife or something, if you could just barely parry uh, the object or the person, um, sometimes the goal is to just disrupt their balance. So mm-hmm. you want to just get the person offset a little bit from balance, and then you go in very quickly. If you're in close, uh, take advantage of what creates the uh, most amount of torque and swinging something very quickly. So an elbow might be a much easier thing to swing in close than trying to swing like a hammer fist or some other object where you've got more mass farther away from you. So the idea is when they're in close, try to do things very quickly, short range techniques, um, and then get out of the way. <laughs> that's that's very much like Aikido. So, you know, using your knees and your elbows and your shins in in close as bludgeoning objects to yeah to so we also opponent. use and we do some aikido techniques with sticks as well uh uh-huh. disarming with sticks uh offensive approaches with sticks uh, anything that's laying around that can be used as a weapon is a is an option go back to the point where you said uh, if someone was charging you with a, a knife a stick or whatever it was so if I get this right, you are going to use their asset, which is their speed towards you, as a weakness. So this is art of war. The yes. strength of an opponent but is their weakness. Yeah. yeah, so exactly. I, that's what I've – in my mind, I'm seeing you wait and wait, having practiced this strategy, mm-hmm. and then just move to one side and then use maybe an elbow or whatever it might be 
to tilt that axis of your opponent and take them off balance. That, that's right. If they're coming at you in a straight line, mm-hmm. you know, we're taught a, a circle's going to beat a straight line and a straight line's going to beat a circle. So if we can rotate out of the way right. on, a, on, a, on a linear attack, uh, then the person's momentum is moving in a direction away from us. And all we have to do is a very quick, you know, punch from the side or a kick or something that can disrupt that person's balance, mm. go in very quickly for, for another set of combatives and then get out of the way. Is there a particular angle at which a person will lose their balance or is that, is that down to the shape and the actual center of mass and center of gravity of each individual? We just need to get the center of mass over a pivot point. So it's, a, it's the idea, is, I mean, very simple demo you can do is just stand against a wall with your back against a wall, lift your leg out and you're inevitably going to fall forward. You cannot lift your leg up and stay upright against that wall because your center mass is moving forward over your foot. So the idea is if somebody is, uh, you know, attacking you, if you can get their body manipulated in a certain way where you get the center mass over a a foot, uh, the chances of them falling are going to go up precipitously. I wonder how many people listening to this are actually now making a move towards the, the wall. wall to see if they can actually lift their leg up without falling forward. Yes. Yeah. Well, good luck. <laughs> and and is there uh is it is it permissible in Krav Maga or any other uh sport uh not sport but uh, uh martial arts uh when you uh do put your opponent off balance is it okay to say ole and and allow them to go by? I'm sure, but you better be very good at what you're doing because they're going to come back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your backside's going to take a, a size 10 to it for sure. Um, if we move away from Krav Maga, in, you've worked on an article for the Ring magazine on boxing? Yeah, we, we've looked at different uh, punch techniques. We've looked at punch speeds. Um, if you do just kind of a standard jab cross combination mm-hmm. uh, we also do this in Krav Maga uh, you can get speeds close to 20 miles an hour with these jabs and crosses Wow um, and one thing to keep in mind when you're punching someone um, if I can just if you extend your arm out straight when your arm reaches its full straight uh, extension your fist is moving at zero miles an hour uh, if it wasn't it would keep moving and your arm would stretch. So the maximum speed of your punch is going to be about halfway into that extended arm. Gotcha. So you, so is it better to be closer and hit somebody halfway through a punch than to hit them at the end of a punch? Absolutely. Your, your elbow is going to be bent about 90 degrees or so when your, your fist is moving at its maximum speed. And then as the fist extends... Your fist has, to, or the arm extends. The fist has to slow down to zero when you get to a fully extended arm. So you have this rising speed, and then you know going back down when the arm is extended. So the most damage on the punch is going to be when the the elbows bend. Oh, wow. so wh- wh- when I look at the biomechanics of my shoulder, my elbow, my fist, if we're going to call it that, my shoulder's not built for kind of rotating around the outside. It's more upwards in a vertical upwards and downwards and my my elbow is a hinge so how do we utilize the way we're constructed to the most effect if we are to throw punches 
Well, the most effective way is to not just use your arm and shoulder. You really want to engage your core. Uh, it, this kinetic linking that we talk about where you're starting from the feet, you're going to start rotating your body mm-hmm. into the punch. So your entire torso is creating a rotation. So you've got a lot of stored energy that you're going to convert to kinetic energy as through that rotation. So you really want to be rotating your trunk so, oh, that, yes. so that you are using – it's almost like a golf swing, huh? Yes. Yeah. I mean, the, the same the, with the, the throwing idea. action, a golf swing. Right. We're getting the same with the rotation for a kick in, in martial arts. The, the same thing applies. Right. You're, you're, you're maximizing the energy. Is that right, Professor, by incorporating rotation? That, that's right. And when you have a, like, for example, a side kick, you know, we also use side kicks, front mm-hmm. kicks, back kicks in, in Krav Maga as well as karate. Uh, the idea is you're going to cock your leg for a kick so you're going to store a bunch of energy like a spring in your leg when you've got your leg cocked and then you release that energy as you're kicking and you're going to rotate your hips at the same time so you're trying to get as much uh, energy released during the the kick or the punch as you can when i've spoken to boxers and to people who practice martial arts they said some guys punch harder than others, and it's not the big muscly guys that you, you'd think would have the hardest punches. Quite often it's the little guys with not a lot of bulk, but they punch so hard. Is that down to rotation, or is it something else that they're employing? Yeah, a lot of it's rotation. I mean, keep in mind uh, your, your kinetic energy grows like the square of your speed and only the, the first power of your mass. So uh, if you can get a lot of extra speed going in that punch, uh, somebody's going to feel that a little bit more than kind of a lumbering, bigger mass uh, fist coming at you. Wow. So really, it's it, it's more about the speed and the rotation than it is about, oh, I'm a big, strong guy. Sure. I mean, you really want to get hit with that speed. I mean, when, when these punches are coming at you at 15 to 20 miles an hour when you're getting hit, uh, you're going to feel it. <laughs> I have a friend, he's got a, an older guy, who's, there's nothing of him. And he just turns around to me and says, this guy can punch so hard, it's ridiculous. Wow. And you're looking at him thinking, he couldn't punch his way out of a wet paper bag. Yeah, when the, what, when the martial arts what? expert says, this guy can punch, you're thinking, okay. Right. Okay, thank you to Professor Eric Goff. We are going to take a break. We'll have more on martial arts when we get back. So stick around, it'll be kick-ass. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. 
Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Welcome back. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. And this, of course, how oh, you already know, but I'll tell you anyway, it's playing, playing with, with science. science today. It's all about martial arts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. And joining us, our very good friend, Professor Eric Goff from Lynchburg College in Virginia, the author of Gold Medal Physics and a man with a book about to come out sometime in 2018, yes. called The Science Behind... Krav Maga. Krav Maga, yes. Krav Maga. Krav Maga. Is there anything that you've brought forward in that book that you would care to share with us right now? Sure. Um, so I, at the end of the year, I'm going to be submitting Warrior Krav Maga Science to my publisher, and hopefully next year we'll, we'll see this out on the shelves. And I've taken a lot of pictures uh i i train at forest super kicks here in in virginia in forest virginia my instructor clifton abercrombie has been very helpful to uh help me with a lot of filming wait and a minute guy, professor did you say that your dojo was named super kicks it is because we also do karate there as well okay I, now listen i'm i'm saying this because i'm a couple i'm about a thousand miles away from you uh-huh. <laughs> that's, the, that's the dumbest name for a dojo I ever heard in my life. Super kicks? But sounds you're like you're not going to forget it, are you? Okay, you're right about that. Because it sounds like it should be in a mall cutting hair or something. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> You've so set yourself up nah, for trouble. <laughs> no, listen, Professor, let me just say this. Those are jokes, and I am sorry. Oh, no, no. <laughs> now that I, I know you're a first-degree black belt. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I don't mind the humor, but uh, I, I don't mind advertising his uh, his facility because uh, my, my instructor, Mr. Abercrombie, he is incredible. Uh, and what he's done with me with this book is to help me film a lot of the techniques that are going to appear in the book to be described with using physics. Professor, your instructor, when you started to discuss things with him about martial arts, about Krav Maga, did you get the feeling this guy had the physics aspect of it covered already, or he just learned because he was into martial arts? Well, the, the way I describe it in the book is I, I think people like that who've been training for years in these systems have an intuitive physics. Yes. And I don't even care if the, the vocabulary is not there or the mathematics isn't there. There's an, there's an intuitive understanding that's developed over many years of training uh, for certain techniques that work. So he may not be able to give me all the nice physics for why something's working, but as he starts explaining a technique to me, I start putting the physics together in my head based on what he's telling me. So what I'm trying to do is put into the book uh, what an instructor would tell you for something working and then put the physics language with it so that uh, Somebody who's got kind of a science interest will at least be able to read it and say, oh, I see why that's working. That's great. So what you're really doing is translating the language of fighting or martial arts into physics. That's right. And, you know, physics is the basis for, for all the sciences. So, I mean, it, it's in everything we do. And it's certainly in, in Krav Maga. So it's mechanical physics. And do we now realize that physics professors make better martial artists? Not necessarily. I mean, we have a lot of things we have to do besides training, so we don't have that time in the gym that's going to help us make uh, have our bodies be uh, weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> cool. 
Well, I still wouldn't want to mess with you. No. Uh, you know, by no, the no. way. I want you on my side is what I'm saying. So well, next time we go drinking, I'm picking a fight, and then I'm calling on you. Okay, well, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of fighting personally, but I, I hope to learn something. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think the, the, the best thing to do, Professor, is avoid the drinking with Chuck to begin with. <laughs> Once again, we're, words of wisdom. Okay, Eric, um, sort of pop culture. Give me the mixed martial arts. Out of all, is there a hierarchy to which one is the best, which one is the most effective? Um, I don't know that I would rank them that way. I think each one has its own benefits. Uh, Each one emphasizes certain skills over others. Mm -hmm. Krav Maga, it's an amalgam of many systems, so it borrows from boxing and wrestling and Aikido, Judo, uh, Karate. It it, it doesn't mind stealing from other systems to have a great uh, amalgam of whatever works. Mm -hmm. So when, when you look at fighting, just in general, who is superior in terms of uh, fighter? Is it the style? It, like, it, you know, some people say Muhammad Ali, greatest fighter of all time. But, of course, he's the greatest boxer of all time. Uh, what? Who, who, in your mind, is the greatest fighter of all time? Oh, good grief. Um, well, I, I would probably feel more comfortable walking down an alley with one of the MMA guys over a boxer. Um, I think those guys are going to be... Uh, much more conditioned for street fighting. Mm-hmm. I mean, May- Mayweather was clearly a better boxer in the in the ring, but I think if they had gone an MMA style, I think McGregor would have would have. Oh, he would have murdered him. Murdered him. Like yeah. no, literally, literally, he beat. Well, you can't be up on charges because you murdered him in the ring. But right now, quite frankly, people would be like, "What a shame we lost Floyd Mayweather." <laughs> and by I say Pete, when I say people, I mean four people would say that because that's about the only people that you would are say cruel. That. I am, Professor. Um, out of the different fighting styles, which one, to your mind, as a physicist, applies the most science? Mm, great question. What is the most physics of fighting? Well, given that I don't think there's really anything that science can't touch, describe, or help you understand, I would say that science is going to help you with all of them. Um, I mean, certainly physics is the most fundamental science. So when we're looking at all the martial arts systems, whether you're looking at elegant katas and karate, uh, you're looking at the street fighting of Krav Maga, I mean, physics is going to help you understand all of those movements. Hmm. Okay, let's talk about the man. You can't you can't do a show on martial arts and not mention this him. man, one man, Mr. Bruce Lee. Yeah. Professor, your thoughts. Your thoughts on Mr. Bruce Lee, please. Well, that was my Bruce Lee. Did you like it? No. Okay. He he, he was certainly uh small in stature, um almost no body fat to look at him. Very very fast. So he had excellent technique he could hit very hard uh his famous punch with one inch off the person's chest yes i mean those types of things require a great deal of skill and the the skill and the technique is going to be more important than just brute strength now let me ask you this because you brought up the uh the two inch or the one inch punch which he's famous for and you see him just like an inch away from somebody's chest Bang! Hits them, and then they fly back and fall down into a chair. First of all, is that showmanship? Is that physics? How does that happen if it is physics? Well, he's going to get a great deal of 
kinetic linking starting down at the feet. I mean, he's going to be able to get a little bit of a push off the floor, turn the hips, turn the torso, get energy out of the legs, get it out of the rotating back. I mean, all of these things are going to come into play when that fist travels that one inch for the hit. I mean, it's, it, it's going to be moving rather quickly, even in that one inch of, of gap. Mm-hmm. Professor, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Um, best of luck with the new book when it comes out, The Science Behind Krav Maga. Um, thank you for being on the show once again. Mm-hmm. Great to be here. It's a lot of fun. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. A judo, a chop, chop, chop. Well, that's our show, Chuck. That's it. And I somehow am very bruised. Yep. Um, we covered a lot of bases. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, Krav Maga sounds an awfully interesting sport. I love it. And we learned not to mess with the professor because yep. he has black belts, plural. Who knew that? This guy's dangerous. Like, you know what I mean? He'll beat your ass and then write an equation of how he did it. That's insane. Isn't it just? Right. <laughs> That's playing with science for you. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. We look forward to your company in the future. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.